This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. And welcome to Supernatural Creatures and Lore, a podcast where we talk about all the monsters, mythology, history, and religion connected to the creatures that appear on the TV series Supernatural. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host. And we're returning to the recording studio after being gone since Christmas, actually. So any of the episodes that you've heard have been pre-recorded the last couple months. So this is the first time we're actually back in the recording studio since Christmas Eve. And uh, oh there's been, been that long. It has been that long since we've been in the recording studio, Mel Heflin, and there's been a lot of physical changes with some of us, right? I would say most definitely. Yes, Mel Heflin is expecting child. I am. It's so exciting. We just found out today it's a boy. Oh, congratulations! Thanks. We're excited. Yes, that is awesome. Uh, both of my co-hosts of my podcast are both pregnant. One of which is about to pop <laughs> any day now. Mr. Zeneca is due. Uh, any moment, so go to the uh, Dead TV podcast and wish her a uh, happy congratulations. Uh, she is actually not with her own child; she is surrogating for somebody else. If that's what you, if that's what the correctical term is, <laughs> surrogating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. 
So, uh, but uh, this is a very special episode of Supernatural, or otherwise called Scooby Natural, as you heard the introduction theme, is from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? As this is the first time we were probably ever going to be covering an episode of Supernatural that is actually happening right now, as it airs, before it airs. As we were recording this episode on March 25th, the episode we were talking about airs on March 29th, the Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover episode. Uh, I thought it would be a good time to talk about some of our favorite episodes of Scooby-Doo movies and such, and maybe some of the monsters and creatures that Scooby-Doo has encountered over time. Um, Mel Heflin has the episode synopsis for us for the episode coming out this week. Exciting. Here we go. Season 13, episode 16, Scooby Natural. Sam, Dean, and Castiel are transported into the animated world of Scooby-Doo, where they join forces with the Scooby gang to solve a ghostly mystery. And if you go to IMDb before watching the episode, you can actually see... Uh, some clips from the episode, including an animated cast doing the Scooby walk with Scooby, Shaggy, and the ghost behind him. So it only assumes that Dean would team up with Fred, Daphne, and uh, Velma because he's got the things for Daphne. Now, here's my question, though. How old is the Scooby gang supposed to be, and how old is Dean Winchester? <laughs> um... You know, I think they used to be like 15, 16, but I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking at the photos right here from the episode on IMDb, and it looks like Daphne's into it. They, they look like they're pretty on par. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of funny that, um, this is, by the way, an actual episode of Scooby-Doo, too. Um, as you can see from one of the photos, they, it's, uh... It's um the 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 name of the episode that they're supposed to be doing is um what what a night for a fright or something um mm -hmm. I think I might be wrong um I, I might be wrong but uh the uh I, I have been a fan of Scooby Doo my entire life there hasn't been a time in my life that I absolutely hated Scooby Doo there might have been Scooby Doo Same. cartoons that I passed and I didn't want to watch but there was still always Scooby Doo media for me to be entertained. Um, this newest Scooby-Doo cartoon, I think, is Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, and I haven't watched a single episode of it. I've heard it's terrible. Uh, but the last... I am not a huge fan of the new art design. No. It's a big thing for me. But I like that they're doing a crossover episode, and I appreciate animated Sam and Dean. And it actually is an episode that has been on Scooby-Doo before. It's, it's an episode we're actually familiar with from the Scooby-Doo Where Are You episode. Um, hence by like the characters that are sitting around in the uh, the little the little circle as they're trying to figure out you know the the mystery that's going on and of course they do the uh, you know the the the, the there are great photos that you can catch online right now on IMDb of like their you know the the Scooby Gang chase you know the Scooby Gang chase yeah. scene and stuff with the ghost <laughs> and if you go to Target right now as far as I'm aware uh, most Target should be carrying this uh, they have the entire Scooby Doo Where Are You in uh, box sets. The first two seasons are compact together and then the third season, as well as other Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Um, and the last Scooby-Doo cartoon I watched from beginning to end, and I watched this every single episode because I thought it was that well written and that funny, was Scooby-Doo Mysteries, Inc. And in this show, it's the first time we ever get an overarching continuity narrative on a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Like, every episode is part of a bigger plot line. Oh, wow. And I believe... Oh, that's that's complicated. Yes. Scooby-Doo. And it's 52 episodes long. 
Um, there are tons of guest stars on the on on it, including from like uh, um, Jabberjaws to uh, the talking Dune buggy character to homages to like Space Ghost and Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Uh, um, and the overarching plot line involves something out of H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, wow. In fact, H.P. Lovecraft was heavily mentioned on the show. Um, Shaggy, uh, sorry, uh, Fred finds out that the, that his father, the mayor of uh, Coolsville, is not actually his father. And his parents were part of this group of Mystery Inc. Uh, people from the 70s involving a talking parrot. And uh, there was like... They find out that Mysteries, Inc., uh, this group of people with a talking animal has gone back centuries. We we also at long learn, sorry, we also at long last learn the truth of why Scooby-Doo can talk. The number one mystery of Scooby-Doo. You're like mind-blowing me right now. The number one mystery of Scooby-Doo, the longest-running mystery of Scooby-Doo, is at long last answered on Scooby-Doo Mysteries, Inc., and I'm not going to reveal what it is. But but you have to watch... Because that's like a major spoiler. It's a major spoiler. That's like a life spoiler. And there is... (laughs) Let me tell you something. This show gets dark sometimes, and then it goes back to being happy. But the darkness is still constantly there in the background because of the overarching plot line and what Mystery Inc. is trying to solve and what they're trying to do. Is every episode a, it's Mr. Jenkins from the amusement park? Yes, it's, uh, it's the stupid guy in the costume almost every episode. But there's still the overarching plot line surrounding the bigger bad of the entire show. And it cultivates in the huge you know, series finale. And it was awesome. Is it a little campy sometimes? Like, like Fred is obsessed with traps. And by the way, they also stick <laughs> Velma and Shaggy together for the first time ever. Like what? Velma, yes, Velma has like a super duper. Um, what is it? The female equivalent of a hard on called <laughs> Lady Boner. Lady Boner for Shaggy. I mean, she is all up in Shaggy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like she wants to bone you, that. You sort of assume, like you when you, whenever you ship characters, it's Daphne and Fred. Yep. And uh, well, and, until recently, now that now the <laughs> Dean Winchester in this yeah. universe and Shaggy and Velma mm-hmm. or Scooby Doo, all alone. One of my favorite shows of Scooby Doo, and then uh, we'll we'll get to yours, Mel. Is uh, not just Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Because that's the original. Everyone likes Scooby Doo, Where Are You? The original classic is great. Yes, but my favorite Scooby Doo cartoon, which was never finished, unfortunately, and I could probably cover it on the Dead TV podcast. I'm gonna freak out if it's the same as mine. <laughs> starred the late great Vincent Price, the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. In oh, every episode, yeah. we had a narration opening in the theme song and in every episode he guest voiced the character Vincent Van Gogh we had the late great amazing Vincent Price on Scooby-Doo you know I had actually forgotten about that that one and I loved it so much you can buy the heartbroken uh, yeah you can buy it on DVD all 13 episodes I think I need to snag it off eBay I was so excited to buy some DVDs on eBay recently. They come really cheap now, the older episodes and the older movies. 
and I think I've given your uh, you something for you to uh, future mother your kid for to watch. Oh my to, gosh, it's really show. ironic that they're doing a um, supernatural episode of Scooby Doo mm-hmm. with Scooby Doo because I was actually recently talking with my husband and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's there's nothing good on TV like. Um, some of these shows, Uncle Grandpa, mm-hmm. like, I don't want my kid learning about incest. Like, some of these things are just so wrong. And I was like, why can't it go back to Scooby-Doo? And we had actually decided to buy, like, a collection of Scooby-Doo DVDs to attempt to raise the kid on it. And then the Supernatural thing, and now we're talking about it, and it's, it's just like a sign or something. So what was your favorite Scooby-Doo uh, show? Show, not really. Now I said show, not movie, because we'll get to movies in a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I really want to say ghoul school, but it was just a little too campy for me because I really loved, you know, the whole monsters can be good guys and stuff, but it oh, has to be a pup named Scooby Doo. Oh, yes. That was a lot of fun. That was quirky and weird. It really was. Seeing the young characters and, and seeing how they por- like see the world differently than the older characters was really fun. It was so innocent and just it's, it's like as a kid show should be. Leading up to the uh, premiere of Scooby Doo uh, or sorry Scooby Natural, I'm going to be watching at least once or twice a day an episode of Scooby Doo. Uh, my roommate has every episode on DVD, so. Very nice. It would be very easy for me to just uh, snag one and then pop it in and watch uh, watch these. Um, I, I I think I said earlier in the podcast that it's what a night what a night for a night. That was the very first episode of Scooby Doo that aired on September thirteenth, nineteen sixty nine. Now it doesn't say if this was a Friday the thirteenth, but I don't know if the tropes of Friday the thirteenth had existed in nineteen sixty nine yet. In this episode. Um, Break into a museum, learning arc. Okay, so this is the Haunted Knight's Armor episode. Do you remember that one? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I think that was the one that was replayed the most. I believe so. When you mentioned um, Scooby-Doo, the ghoul school, uh, the two favorite Scooby-Doo movies of mine are Scooby-Doo and the Boo Brothers. Did you ever see that one? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Which are basically like the Three Stooges meets the Ghostbusters. And it was ghosts. very fun. And uh, and it was a it, and, and yes, it, it's a it's a scrappy movie as well. But it's Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy. No word on where the rest of the Mystery Inc. is. But then there was the uh, the movie that brought Scooby Scooby Doo back after Scooby Doo had been in dormant uh, dormancy for God most of the '90s, I believe, since Scooby Doo. A pup named Scooby Doo had been canceled. Scooby Doo was dormant, and there was no new Scooby Doo material until 1998. Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which matured oh, the game. Oh, great movie! I saw that one this week. It's been on DVD and Blu-ray for uh, a number of times, but it's it's uh, one of my favorites. Available on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. We've have we've had an episode of Zombies. You can check it out here later on in the uh, you know our podcasting our podcast listing. So we're not going to get into zombies. But do we have any inf- great information possibly about like demonic cat people, Mel? Since you're a big fan of that episode, I have not seen anything ever that has to do with demonic cat people, and it's not because lack of searching. It's just most I, of it is fiction. Just, Right, it is so fun, and I I am so happy that, if nowhere else, that it exists inside the Scooby-Doo universe. 
Now, there is a great movie, I think, that has demonic cat people in it, very similar to the two southern bells that turn into cat people that are turning people into zombies. What, what was the... Uh, it's based on a Stephen King movie. It stars Brian Kratz from, uh, you know, from, um, from Charmed and Elisa Krieg. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, Sleepwalkers? No idea. You never heard of this movie? No. <laughs> okay. Sleepwalkers was a 1992 um, American horror movie uh, written by Stephen King, directed by Mick Garris. Mick Garris was a producer of many of Stephen King's uh, productions. And it's about uh, shape-shifting energy vampires who are also kind of like cat people in a way. Oh. Definitely worth checking out. Um, really icky and weird at times. Really fucked up in a lot of ways. Uh, especially considering Brian Krause, uh, who uh, played um, uh, the angel husband on the TV series Charmed, um, and Elisa Krieg, Alice, Alice Krieg, excuse me, you might, you might know as the Borg Queen from Star Trek First Contact, play um, mother and son. They have very incestuous relationship. Oh like, my. he totally bangs his mom. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. <laughs> and they turn into these, like, demonic cat people. <laughs> There was a, uh, after the Scooby-Doo movies had kind of run their course, and by the way, the Scooby-Doo movies are still going on right now. In fact, uh, would you like to take a guess about what the most recent Scooby-Doo movie was that came out this year? Loch Ness Monster. No. That was a few years ago. Involved... <laughs> I can't keep up with them all. <laughs> okay, I, I, will, I, will, I will give you a hint in uh, two seconds. Hold on. The most recent Scooby-Doo animated movie had Scooby-Doo teaming up with Batman in Scooby-Doo and the Brave and the Bold. Exciting. Is, would that be in honor of Adam West, potentially? Maybe, but I'm assuming they probably had to have had this beginning, had, had to have had this uh, starting the animation well before West passed away. Um, this is based on the Batman, the Brave and the Bold animated series, which ran for four seasons on Cartoon Network where Batman teamed up with a different hero in every single episode, including Scooby-Doo in one of his episodes. Um, So they decided to do an entire movie where Batman, uh, the the version of Batman from the Brave and the Bold cartoon teams up with Scooby-Doo. So exciting. This is, by the way, reminiscent of, if you remember from the 70s, the new Scooby-Doo movies, which were one-hour episodes of Scooby-Doo with like a, almost like a two-parter. They would have yeah. a continuing rotating guest stars like Phyllis Diller, the Harlem Globetrotters, Don Knotts, uh, I Dream a Genie, and they had Batman and Robin in two in uh, in four episodes. That's awesome. Have you ever seen them? I've seen some of those, and I was I was actually the reason I was quiet for a second. I was trying to remember the name. I remember this the part of the show at the very end where they're all sitting around having grapefruits, or she's having a grapefruit, and it's covered in whipped cream and cherries and sprinkles, and she's like, "I'm on a diet" or something, and they're like, "But." But and she's like, don't tell me and I won't tell my stomach. And I just thought that was the most hilarious thing as a kid. And <laughs> I, I would always try to try to fit that into conversation somewhere because it was so funny. But I can't remember the guest star name. That might have been Phil's Diller. That sounds like a Phil's Diller thing. Was it? Yeah, it kind of does. Brunette, long hair, a little chubby. Oh no, that's not no. I don't know. I don't remember is who that Phyllis was. Phyllis Diller, the short-haired blonde. Mm, yeah, no. Phyllis Diller was like the old woman comedian. There's, there's so many guest stars. 
And I, they just all went over my head as a kid. Yeah, for, other than Don Knotts, Batman and Robin, and the Harlem Trotters, most Same. of them did for me too. And they did a they did a crossover with the uh, the Adams Family uh, a few times. I remember at least one of those. The Adams Family. Um, what's uh, sad though was that uh, because Charles Adams owns the Adam Charles Adams estate owns the copyright to the Adams Family and everything to it, like. You know, they copyrighted the shit out of that before copyright was becoming, like, a big thing, if you know what I mean. To the um, point where it's absurd. Yeah. They wouldn't even let the characters dress as their characters from the shows on Halloween. It was crazy. So, what they did was, um, Warner Brothers, uh, when they released the uh, Scooby-Doo movies on DVD, they're only known as the be- the best of the Scooby-Doo uh, movies box set because they of can't course. get the clearance from all of those actors' estates that appeared on Scooby-Doo. This was the big problem that the Batman television series that Adam West had for a number of years. They've cleared a lot of them, and the Adams Family ones were eventually were released on DVD. Uh, they were packed into the Adams Family animated series box set by Warner, so that finally got cleared. Most recently, it was announced that Sony has picked up the license for the Adams Family and are putting out an Adams Family animated movie sometime in 2019. Oh, fun. Yes, absolutely. I, I absolutely I cannot wait for that. There's a couple members of the original Adams Family that are still alive, but uh, that's a whole other podcast. Scooby-Doo has encountered so many different types of creatures, and they're always usually, of course, people uh, dressed up as something, uh, as a, whether it be knights or zombies or witches or abominable snowmen or ghosts or... Tar monsters. Or tar monsters. Monsters or pterodactyl ghosts. Pterodactyl ghosts, which some of these, by the <laughs> way, did appear as sight gags in the Scooby-Doo live-action movies in the background. I enjoy those. Those Scooby-Doo live-action movies do not hold up, unfortunately, today with their animation style of Scooby-Doo. I mean, Jesus Christ, it is awful and difficult to watch. Are we talking about the live-action ones? With Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. as... Oh my gosh, I appreciate those so much. Oh my god. <laughs> you just have to take it for what it is. And we have Matthew Lillard returning as uh, Shaggy once again. And one of my favorite voice actors of all time, who's been doing Fred and Scooby, and I think he's just doing Fred in this episode, uh, returns Frank Welker, but best known as this character. You have learned nothing, Starscream. Wrong! I've learned a great deal. I won't miss this time. Beware, Starscream. If you dispose of me, there will always be someone waiting to dispose of you. Let them try. I've waited for this moment a long time, Megatron. And my time is now! And Frank Elker was always will always be known as the Generation One Megatron, leader of the Decepticons, and eventually Galvatron as well. A character he would reprise for the Transformer video games. Did you ever see the horror movie um, Saturday Morning Massacre? It is a real life interpretation of what Scooby Doo would be like if people actually tried this. Uh, it's about four teenagers and their dog, and they go sleuthing around for clues. And they keep all they keep finding is like drugs and like child pornography rings, and they eventually make me want to make a movie. (laughs) They eventually stumble upon an actual haunted amusement park 
where there have been ghost sightings. And uh, the Shaggy character in the group accidentally puts his LSD into their uh, into their water by, by, by mistake. And uh, they all drink it. And the Daphne and Fred character go off to, like, fuck like crazy. They're constantly fucking. The Daphne, this Velma character is the only one who's still investigating because she doesn't drink the water. And the Shaggy character just hangs out in the van with the dog getting high. The helpless, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the dim-witted deputy shows up with, like, coffee and donuts for the group to help them out. And we eventually find out that the uh, ghosts in the amusement park are actually, like, an incestuous cannibal group. They kill most of the characters. The first to go is, of course, the dog. <laughs> yeah. It is a fantastic movie. I highly recommend if you are a fan of Scooby-Doo, because it is like a real-life version of what would happen if Scooby-Doo was real. <laughs> and these kids actually try to get their nose into places that people would just murder them for and not just scare them away. And then, of course, as there is with everything, there is, of course, Scooby-Doo porn. Scooby-Doo does not appear in the porno whatsoever. I'm sure there is a version that is. He does. As far as I'm aware, there is only one or two Scooby-Doo pornographic films out there, and Scooby-Doo is always off-camera. It's a matter of, like, they can't animate Scooby-Doo, or they just don't have a, uh... What, what type of dog is Scooby-Doo? He's, he's a Great Dane. A Great Dane. I'm sure that they don't have somebody in costume like they often do, nope. like with the Spongebob porn? Nope. There is no Scooby-Doo screwing uh, Daphne or Velma in this cartoon. It is Daphne and Velma doing lesbian things, and then Daphne, <laughs> Velma, Fred, and Scooby... Sorry, Daphne, Fred... Daphne, Velma, Fred, and Shaggy doing something, or there's always, like, other girl characters in there because you need more women in porn than guys to, to fill out a story. Um, I don't know whether to be disappointed or really happy that... There is a line drawn somewhere. Velma has a massive amount of tattoos for the actress who plays her in the uh, Scooby-Doo uh, pornographic movie. Uh, and I think well, it's called... Yeah, this... she's got that sweater and those socks. Like, she's hiding something. Yeah. So, as is with everything, there's, there's, there's porn for everything. Do you know that there is a Lego Scooby-Doo TV series? I've heard that, but I haven't watched it, and I know that the Scooby-Doo Lego characters have shown up, I think, in the Lego movie, and uh, you can play them in the Lego um, video game, where you can take the different Lego characters and just pop them into a game, like you could take the Gremlins or Beetlejuice or Ghostbusters and have them team up with Scooby-Doo and do something within your game. Lego I, Universe. I just like, for a second, because I realized I, I'm looking at the IMDb, and Matthew Lillard who plays the live-action Shaggy, like the best live-action Shaggy, is in the Scooby Natural episode, and he's done so much Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. And I, I, when I met him at Rock and Shock, I, I congratulated him on staying with the character, whereas most actors would jump ship and do something else. The Mysteries, Inc. television series I told you about, he was Shaggy in that for every episode as well as several others um i think he's wonderful in the early 2000s they did uh what's new scooby-doo coming after you that show and uh matthew lillard was uh involved in that casey Kasem was uh shaggy in that for a little while but then matthew lillard took over casey Kasem's health was beginning to uh seriously deteriorate and he had uh, i think he had been diagnosed with alzheimer's um, as a lot of people know, Casey Kasem was a huge voice actor in the 80s and 60s and 70s and 80s. And he was the original voice of Shaggy. Um, he was also the voice of Robin of Batman and Robin. I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb and it's just like 
Scooby-Doo, 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 until you get down to his 13 ghosts and, um, you know, the, the things that he was originally known for, like Scream 2 and these things. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, there's so much Scooby-Doo on here. It makes me so happy did you to mean, see someone love the character. Did you mean Scream 2, T-O-O, or Scream 2, the number 2? Number 2. Oh. Matthew Lillard was not in Scream 2. He was killed off in the first Scream movie. He was the killer. It totally says Scream 2 right here. Why? He was not in Scream 2. He oh, was he was the killer in Scream. He was killed he was, off. He was the killer in Scream, but I, I don't know why my eyes uh, scanned to Scream 2, but it's definitely on here. He was definitely in Scream 2. It's, it's like an Easter egg. In what exactly? <laughs> He was unaccredited as a guy at a party, but he's he's definitely in Scream Two, and it's ridiculous. Oh, maybe they asked. Maybe they had like him and Skeet Ulrich come back to play extras just because they were in the first one. Maybe that they do stuff like that in movies all the time. Okay, and, I was gonna just, say just as a joke for the people that were that actually made the movie. And if there's <laughs> like, um, I have appeared at my own funeral. In movies, if there's one, um, if there's one horror movie I have seen so many times, it's the Scream films. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, he was not in Scream too. He was killed off in Scream. He was the killer. He had a TV thrown on his head. And he was I, I bleeding. Knew he was in a Scream, I I didn't remember which Scream, but my my eye went to Scream two before it went to Scream the original. What other episodes of Scooby Doo do you uh do you remember fondly, uh, Mel, from any of any one of those shows? I'm I'm kinda sticking to Scooby Doo, where are you with my uh my picks? You know, when I was little I really loved Scrappy oh. and every episode he was in until I got older and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Kinda like the whole Jar Jar Binks thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, when you're a kid you're like, Oh, he's so funny and different and obnoxious and I love it and then you grow up a little bit, and it's like, oh, stop. I, I really, really love the live-action Scooby-Doo's. I, I really, really love them Wow, now. they're so bad. I don't even care. One of my favorite lines from a Scooby-Doo movie is uh, this right here. Oh, sorry, a Scooby-Doo movie. From a Scooby-Doo episode is this one right here. I'll play you the clip for. Coin, coin, coin? Okay, like here's a quarter. I'll bet he means that old Egyptian coin. I guess we'll have to give him the old coin, Shaggy. Yeah. That clip is from uh, Scooby-Doo and a Mummy 2, where Scooby-Doo nails the uh, mummy's uh, rag to the floor when he's trying to get a coin. What's funny is this clip from Scooby-Doo also references the one of the f uh, many creatures that Sam and Dean have never encountered. They still, to this very day, as of the Scooby Natural episode, have never fought a mummy. They fought like a shapeshifter that turned into a mummy. It also turned into Dracula in that like black and white episode they did in season four. Doesn't count. It was not a real mummy. They have never fought an Egyptian mummy before. I'm still waiting for them to do a real mummy episode, like a Curse of the Mummy's Tomb type of thing. That'd be so great. Does he unravel? No, he doesn't unravel. He just he 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 is he, he just rips the uh, the bandage. No, he doesn't. He doesn't unravel that one. You're thinking of like the Monster Squad where they unravel the mummy in that. 
I love the Monster Squad. Um, and then there's the, the Scooby-Doo with the phantoms, the green giggling ghost phantoms with the chains. Do you remember that? No, I remember... Oh, gosh, what was the... A gargoyle? By the way, this is the episode... Um, okay, so the episode I was thinking of that they're going to be taught... The, the episode that I am... Let me start over again. The episode I couldn't remember that Scooby Natural was going to be parodying is A Night of a Fright is No Delight. Where we're going to have the green googly ghost with chains or whatever, and there's like cousins of Scooby-Doo, like original owner or something, and there's like an inheritance, and like they find all these coffins in the basement, and the bodies are in the coffin, and then they they see one coffin still empty. It's a dog coffin. Oh my gosh, I... I think I remember bits and pieces of that, and I think it unsettled me so badly that I blocked it out of my memory. This is the uh, this is a quick clip from the episode. Look, coffins, five of them, and the empty ones like dog shaped. Oh, Broadway. Zoinks! <laughs> they're opening. It's them, the cousins. <laughs> Okay, and so that episode, that clip was from the episode Night of a Fright is No Delight, where we have the green shadow phantoms with their chains and their cackling and their, like, demonic black and orange faces. It's a fantastic episode of Scooby-Doo. I absolutely love it. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I think I need to revisit that episode before four days from now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also love the episode where they have to meet uh, Captain Custard, who I think is a uh, a ghost in a diver's suit. Yes. Yes. And there's like plenty of lore out there about uh, mysterious uh, uh, Mariner time ships, the top 10 mystery, mysterious ghost ships and haunted stories of the maritime world, um, which is a good place to go to. If you go to maritime, sorry, marineinsight.com, you can see the list of the top 10 uh, mysterious ghost ships as well. Um, There's so much truth behind those because there are ships out there in the ocean right now sailing themselves. Yeah, I've 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 heard those before. Um, obviously, the uh, Bermuda Triangle has been brought up on Scooby Doo several times. Every once in a while, they would do aliens as well or snow ghosts. Um, those were a lot of fun. But the uh, I I absolutely love the uh, the Phantom Shadows, or otherwise known as the Giggling Green Ghosts, from the episode A Fright of A Night of Fright is No Delight. Just one of my favorites. Just absolutely awesome. Um, well, that's pretty much, uh, we can go on and on and on and on and on about Scooby-Doo. For There's days. Still, for days. <laughs> we, there are podcasts probably dedicated to Scooby-Doo. There are I'm podcasts sure. going to be dedicated to this one episode of Sco- Supernatural that they have never touched Supernatural before in their entire podcast history. But this episode, I guarantee, is going to get so much coverage. But we had to throw our two cents in because we cover Supernatural's monsters. So I thought I'd take a break from the monsters and focus more on the actual characters, which happen to be Scooby and the gang of Mysteries, Inc. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore and, and sharing with our memories of uh, super of of <laughs> of Scooby Doo. Uh, thanks to my co-host Mel Heflin. Hey, thanks for having me. And don't forget, you can find us on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore uh, group page, as well as on SPN Creatures and Lore on uh, Twitter, and our at our individual Twitters at Christy Sav and at Mel Heflin. M E L H E F L I N.
And we will have one episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore posted once a month, so come back in uh, one month from now as we will be discussing Croatoan. Ooh.